But the world wasn't big enough for two brothers. Cain killed him. And nothing like that had ever happened before, had ever been seen before. Don't know how much time had gone by, but it was only one chapter before where the crafty one mesmerized Adam and Eve with the prospect of being like God, with knowing good and evil, which in plain talk probably means something more like being able to plot out for yourself what's good and evil for you. Like that fruit, tantalized. Not necessarily because it was really ripe and juicy and delicious looking, and not necessarily because there were no other trees in the garden that had ripe and juicy fruit just waiting for the picking. It was because Adam and Eve wanted to be able to pick whatever fruit they wanted when they wanted it. They wanted everything available to God to be available to them. In the original version of the Nike commercial, the crafty one said, just do it. And they did it. And Cain looked at his brother and didn't like what he saw. And he just did it. Like his mother and father, he took what was God's. This time, not so much fruit, but blood and life. Things that he was, it just was not his to replace or to restore. He did it. And he took it. And the world... And that early family was without a brother. Now, God doesn't just let that go. God's question for Cain's parents, where are you? Took on a little more bite. Where is your brother Abel? His blood cries to me. I don't know. Uh, and, yeah, no one had ever died before, and maybe he didn't know what was all going on. It was, you know, Abel's body was there, but where was Abel? Where did he go? I don't know. What follows, though, kind of puts the lie to feigned ignorance. When he asks, am I my brother's keeper? And I think that was not just a silly question, not a, not a question that he should have known better. I think it was also bore a bit of an accusation because God is the keeper. God is the one who keeps Israel. God is the one who blesses you and keeps you and makes his face shine upon you and is gracious to you and lifts up his countenance upon you and gives you shalom. Where were you, God? Not unlike his father Adam, saying about that fruit, yeah, well, that woman that you gave me, she put it in my hand, what could I do? Yeah, well, anybody's fault but mine, even if 
you boil it all down and it's only God left where you put the blame. Problem isn't just that Cain wasn't Abel's keeper. Sort of makes it sound like it's a zoo or something. Problem is that Cain wasn't Abel's brother. Cain had an attitude. The kind of attitude that kills and continues to kill marriages, families, communities and societies, tears nations apart, tears churches apart, can even do a job on seminaries. And the answer, thankfully, is that there was another son of Adam, came just a little bit later, sent from heaven itself to take flesh and to be brother to Abel, yeah, to Cain, and to all the Cains that raise Cain and raise little Cains who populate this world and infiltrate this chapel. And the incredible thing is that the same thing happened to him as happened to Abel, and he knew it was coming. The difference is that his blood, also crying up out to heaven, his blood cried out not necessarily from pain and not for vengeance, but for forgiveness and for mercy and for shalom, the kind that takes us Cain's, male or female, and makes us children of the Father again, and brother and sister to each other again, with a mark, just like Cain had a mark, on the forehead and on the breast, in token that you have been redeemed by Christ the crucified. The Lord raises Z, raises Cain, and he raises Cain, and he sends us raised and raised and retooled Cains into this Cainic world, which often enough indeed does look like and smell like a zoo, armed with nothing other than his love, however. A little bit scary, because there's no fallback, no plan B, no recourse, but that's the way he came and comes. That's his way and therefore our way with him in his world. May his peace linger with us all. Amen.